everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fairy Conclave. This is episode 89. I'm your host, Alec. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm super excited to be doing a Commander Deck interview today with Donnie. How are you doing today, Donnie? I'm doing amazing, Alex. Alec, sorry. Uh, I'm horrible with names. But yeah, oh. no, I'm doing really, really good. You know, Happy New Year. Uh, yes. Great, great to be here. Uh, glad we could finally line this up. Yeah, yeah. I also wanted to um, apologize in advance. I have a friend who I grew up with whose name is Doni, spelled the same way as your name. So that might slip out. I think it has um, in the past. But yeah, I'll, I'll also do my best. No <laughs> I love it. But yeah, so this is the first episode of the Fairy Conclave to come out in 2023, which is very weird. That definitely has not set in entirely with me. But I guess here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's no better way to kick it off than um, talking to you about a commander deck. So, yeah, to introduce you a little bit, I interviewed Jen, who you're married to, um, in, ooh, I'll have to look up the episode number, but it was uh, maybe about 10 episodes ago. And we talked about also one of her commander decks, which was really fun. And yeah, and then I was um, lucky enough to be a guest on one of your Twitch streams and play some Commander after that. And now here you are. Absolutely. So yeah, you're a, a Twitch streamer. You and Jen do uh, the Filthy Casuals stream where you bring guests on and have a really like nice chill vibe when you play a Commander game. And I think you generally tend to, or uh, t I almost said record, but um, tend to stream on Saturday mornings, which I love because most people I think stream like evenings. So I like um, that there's somebody on the uh, weekends who's doing Commander content. So yeah, I appreciate you for that. Yeah, we, uh, we 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 spent a lot of time like guesting on streams and this, that, and the other, and then we were like, you know, maybe we should just start our own stream, and then we spent a lot of time on Twitch and chats and this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. It was like, okay, you know, there's nobody really playing at that 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, so we we just, you know, decided to start streaming, and, and yeah, we've got... I mean, you know, now we're doing TikToks. Uh, yeah. You know, we just put our first podcast on YouTube last night. Ooh. Uh, so, and, you know, Jen's doing the TikTok. And I mean, yeah, so we're just kind of all over the place. I love it. Yeah, I, I do appreciate how you and Jen have been uh, super, like, involved and active in the magic community. So, yeah, I love to see you on TikTok. And what was the, what's the name of your podcast? This is news to me. It's, it's, it's the Filthy MTG Casuals, okay. Casually Speaking. Okay, I like that. And you just released the first episode? Yesterday. Wow. And we came home yesterday afternoon after running some errands, and we recorded the audio jen sat down did all the video and posted nice. it yesterday afternoon so yeah we're excited that's amazing okay yeah i'll definitely have to go check that out and i'll put a link um to that episode in the description below so yeah everyone else can check it out too awesome. cool okay yeah and so yeah thank you for being here i'm really excited 
um, to interview you about your commander deck. But before we get into it, let's do a quick community spotlight for the episode, which is where we give a few minutes to a another either a content creator or somebody in the magic community who we think um, needs. Uh, like deserves a spotlight to be shown upon them. So um, this one came from you, Donnie, who is the community spotlight for today? So, uh, you know, I met Keontae online probably, I don't know, two or three months ago. And I think it was one of those, like I was in the chat and like we were vibing. And then I was like, you know what? I really want to like hang out with this person. So mm-hmm. we got him on stream. We had a great time. And and it like at Reversal Wizard on Twitter, but it's W-I-Z-R-D. Uh, ch- check him out. I mean, she's just a really good dude. He's super, super into the community and he really is everything that like we represent in the community so yeah I, I, I guaranteed a good time i just went and followed and i'm excited because i can definitely see the good vibes and that that also has been happening to me a lot lately i'll like interact with somebody and get like kind of a friend crush i'm like i just want to be friends with you now i have to like i want to hang out more and exactly (laughs) so i get that and yeah and i think that you can um you can like feel out someone's vibes uh especially if they are streaming and you're like playing commander together and stuff like that so cool that's awesome yeah i'll have the um the info and link to reversal wizard on twitter in the episode description so y'all can check it out too that's perfect Cool. Okay, I'm excited. Let's get into it. And uh, before we started recording, we were kind of talking about how I had never done an episode on this commander before, which is kind of surprising because I think it's a super high profile commander. Yes, exactly. It's like if it's not one of the top 10, it's like one of the top 20 and has been in the top 10 uh, most popular commanders for a while. So yeah, let's get into it with the first question, which is, who is your commander and what inspired you to build this deck in the first place? So this is Kenrith, the Returned King. Um, but a while back, uh, probably a year and a half ago, uh, the girls that tapped that MTG invited us on stream, but they wanted to do a theme and it was creatureless. Hmm. So I, I kicked around a bunch of ideas and then I started thinking about, well, I've always wanted to play shrines, but I didn't want it to be too overpowering. So I <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with the door to nothingness. Oh. <laughs> so it was one of those things where I felt that Kenrith is a perfect commander to showcase that kind of a card yeah so primarily what i did was i went with some of the least obnoxious shrines and then thor to nothingness powered by signets is the primary win con and when i say powered by signets i mean all 10 relevant mana has to come (laughs) from an artifact wow it's it's surprising the number of times where I've gotten the door to go off. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. That that one is not um, not an easy one to get off. <laughs> no, 
it really isn't. And and it's just one of those things where I mean, I've had turns where I'm like, say, turn three, I've already got like 17 mana available. And then it's just like, okay, then it's cast Kenrith and dig until we, you know, can get to the relevant cards we need, whether it's, you know, I'm trying to find a tutor so I can fetch the door, or, you know, I'm trying to get a couple of uh, key enchantments out so I can draw more cards per turn, or, you know, mm. any of those things. Yeah, everything kind of revolves around the door going off. And that, to me, that's what makes it so much fun. Okay, yeah, I love that. Um, really quick, will you read the effects of Kenrith and Door to Nothingness? So, Kenrith's abilities, he has five of them, one for each color. The first one is red. For a single red, all creatures gain trample and haste until end of turn. Now, that can get really, really interesting in a deck where the only creatures you have are coming from... They're just tokens, you know, they're they're from enchantment activations. Uh, and then one and one green, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. Two and a white, target player gains five life. I've used that, I don't know how many times in this deck. Mm. Uh, but most importantly is the fourth ability, which is three and one blue, target player draws a card. And then finally, for four and a black, put target creature card from a graveyard on the battlefield under its owner's control. So Kenrith is, like for me, Kenrith is primarily a political commander. Like, I can give everybody's creatures haste. I can put plus one, plus one counters on creatures. I can, you know, I can gain people life. You know, not necessarily all of those abilities are going to be used on myself in this particular build. I like that a lot. I think... I bet that's one of the big reasons why Kenrith is so popular is because you can use any of those abilities on any, like targeting any player, which exactly. is, yeah, it adds like, it adds so much to the political side of things. And I also like how you can build Kenrith at kind of any power level, like very similar to your deck. I had a Kenrith deck that was Maze's End. So it was a similar idea, except with the get, trying to win with getting 10 gates out. Um, exactly. which is kind of similar to door to nothingness and that you're like searching for one card that helps you win. But yeah, I know there's also people who play Kenrith as like a CEDH thing where you use the target player draws a card ability to win with infinite mana. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's kind of fun how you can go from, yeah, like a door to nothingness kind of a uh, very specific way to win all the way to, uh, like a competitive style. So mm -hmm. yeah, I like that a lot. And then the door, door to nothingness, it has this, like, and this is another thing that was cool. It's like, Kenrith costs one white and four others. The door to nothingness also costs five. So, like, there's some really, like, basement synergy there. Um, but door to nothingness comes into play tapped. And then you can pay <laughs> double Wooberg and tap it, <laughs> sacrifice it, and target player loses the game. Like, that's it, you're done, goodbye, move on. Would you like some fries? Go away. <laughs> Go take a break. Um, and just 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 being able to trigger, I mean, it's 15 mana. 15 mana plus waiting a turn. It, you know, it, it's, it, it's kind of just like, it's an obvious threat. Everyone knows it's coming, you know? <laughs> it's not a surprise. <laughs> 
And like, I don't run Twiddle. I don't run anything in this deck that's going to allow me to untap it and use mm. it automatically. So gotcha. it, it's literally, you know, this, I, I'm pillow forging and I'm trying to do like incremental damage with the, the, the shrines that I have. But ideally, I'm just trying to get enough mana rocks out to cast the door and then beat somebody up with it. I love it. I think I really like how you don't try to speed it, like speed it up at all. Um, so everyone has that like one turn chance to try to save themselves or like yeah. argue that they shouldn't be the one who dies. I think that's oh. fun. Yeah, make it political. Like, okay, who who am I going to show the door to? Who's getting the door shut in their face? Let's figure this out. <laughs> that's good. And I I have always kind of loved how Door to Nothingness does only hit one player because and it also sacrifices itself so you can't just like oh. immediately use it again and oh, yeah there there's only been one game like as for as long as i've been playing this deck there's only been one game where i got actually got to activate it twice but god did mm. that feel good <laughs> yeah that's like a miracle moment for that i bet it was <laughs> That's awesome. I, and I also wanted to say that I like that it has a like shrines theme also mm -hmm. because ever since um, Ghost Shintai came out, which was kind of the definitive like best of the best shrine commander. Mm -hmm. I Indeed. yeah, which which is great and I I know a lot of people love that, but um, I always kind of enjoyed shrines for being really uh, like on the jankier side and you kind of had to make other commanders work with it. So yep. I appreciate that you are still doing shrines with not Goshintai. I think that's yeah. really cool. No, I, 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 Sanctum of All is the, like the two, the best enchantments for me in this deck is Sanctum mm. of All and uh, Phoenix... Is it Sunbird's Invocation? Sunbird's Invocation, yep. yes. Item of All and Sunbird's Invocation, if I can get those two cards out, I'm probably going to win. Like, nice. it's going to be really, really hard to stop me if I get there. Um, Because, I mean, that just feeds all of the card draw. And it feeds, you know, I've got the direct damage shrines. I've got the discard shrines. I also run Painful Quandary, but it's like, that's the card that I'm not going to play until like turn 10. Gotcha. Because if I can't, if I, if I can't get, you know, or even if I can get one person out with the door, I still have three other opponents or two other opponents. Right. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I've, 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 it can tend for really long games. If I get a decent board state up, if I've got my walls up it can be really really difficult to to get through it but it takes you know eight nine ten turns to get there mm. makes sense and i i like also how you've kept with the creatureless theme which i i think is extra spicy with enchantments because normally in like any uh in any pretty much any enchantment deck people are gonna have like 12 enchantress effects on that are usually on creatures uh -huh. so i like that you just don't even have those at all you're like not worried about the enchantresses i think yeah i think that's cool enchantresses at all i've got uh i mean starknadoes in here because 
it just it can fill the board pretty quick even if they're just like one ones two twos three threes it mm. doesn't really matter they're active blockers so you know if i've got my sphere of safety and i've got my propaganda you know if i've got those out and 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 people are still paying to get stuff through then at least i've got something to put in front of it gotcha yeah i like that and so do you have other effects that like create creatures just to have blockers or yeah yeah, uh, there's there's a couple of other uh, what I'm running, soldier one in Boros, assemble the legion. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Uh, there, there's one of the green shrines. I think it's the life something or other. Um, that one it makes like one one spirit tokens, right? It, it, yeah, it makes one one spirit tokens. Condon of Life's Web. Oh, that's right. Yeah, cool. at the beginning of your upkeep, put a 1-1 color of a spirit creature token into play for each shrine you control. And then if you get just like two or three shrines, you know, you're getting a significant amount of creatures out if you get one or even two of these other enchantments going. Yeah. And then if you, get, if you, and then if you hit the Sanctum trigger, then everything just kind of, <laughs> everything kind of snowballs pretty quickly at that I point. love it. Yeah, that's what I like about enchantment decks in general, is there's just, like, so much value, especially in shrines when they build on each other. Mm -hmm. that, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. It, it can get a little confusing with your upkeep, and then your pre-combat main, and then your main phase triggers. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, I have a tendency to just stack everything up in, in rows, so I know what's triggering when. Yeah, that's a good call. I I also, um, my enchantment deck is a Sagas deck, and it's kind of similar. It's like Sagas trigger after your draw step, but then it'll have like upkeep triggers. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I have all these dice on things to try to track that. And absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That's the enchantment life, I think. Indeed. Um, so what is this deck's history like what changes have you made to it since you first put it together um i've added i'm like i've, I've thrown in chromatic lantern and mm. i haven't really done much with the ramp package i've i mean i'm running arcane denial i'm running I added in search of greatness, but it's a card that kind of comes in and goes out depending on mm -hmm. how I'm feeling. Sometimes it plays really well, sometimes it doesn't. Um, I did recently update, uh, I pulled the basic land out and added Vesuva because I don't think Vesuva gets played nearly as much as it should mm -hmm. be. Um, anytime you can copy an Orborg or a Cradle or, you know, anything like that. It's it's only going to be beneficial. Uh, I, I'm still running Cyclonic Rift in this deck, but I'm kind of... I'm on the bubble of removing it for something a little less obnoxious. <laughs> um, yeah, makes sense. Other than that, uh, I do still have a Demonic Tutor, but I'm going to be cutting that for Scheming Symmetry. Okay, yeah, that one's a bit more political. Of a yeah, tutor. and then and then that way the only hard tutor will be the vampiric tutor, and I've <laughs> I've only ever cast the vampiric tutor to fetch an arcane denial to prevent someone from <laughs> blowing my board up. 
nice uh, yeah so it's just kind of one of those where like this card made the most sense the one time i had to play it yeah yeah i feel that I, I wanted to say I'm jealous of your replenish in this deck. That's um, <laughs> that's a card I wish I could get someday for my Sagas deck. But um, yeah, for those who who don't know, it's three and a white for a sorcery that says return all enchantment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Um, but it's on the reserved list, so it's like I don't know a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, it, it's good. It's really good. Um, but so one of the main reasons that I do run it in here uh, is because I run a complicated board wipe between uh, Enchanted Evening and then uh, Tranquility. So, uh. <laughs> like, worst case scenario, uh, you know, if it's going super, super bad, if I've got the mana to, to make it work. I can cast Enchanted Evening, turning everything into enchantments, and then blowing everything up, and then floating mana as things are getting blown up to dump everything back out. Ooh. Um, I, I, I've done it. I've, reco I've recovered once from a board wipe with Replenish, but I've never had to pull the Armageddon button. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a... I mean, if you're putting a couple cards together and you really need to, I feel like a, a nice restart is sometimes necessary. So, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, if if it's, you know, if, if someone's going to win, and especially with the replenish, if I can get the replenish off, it's yeah, you know, that's, that's going to end the game. What is it about this deck? I think I, I can, I've kind of gotten a feel... Um, for why you like playing it, but um, you tell me, what is it that you like the most about playing this deck? Um, this is like I, this is what I feel is my most casual deck because mm. it it is battle cruiser. You know, it, it's not going to win in five turns or, or or seven turns. I I, I probably don't even think I can threaten to win in ten turns. Um, but it does create big board states. I rarely ever die first unless like everybody at the table is familiar with the deck and they're like, yeah, no, you don't get to play anything. <laughs> <laughs> which which has happened. And then it's yep. like, okay, well, I mean, I can help, you know, I can be that guy. I have no problem, you know, seeing someone else presenting lethal but they need just that little bump it's like oh i've got eight available mana here's four plus one plus one counters to put on your creatures <laughs> you know i i have no issues with using someone else's resources to take a player out i do think that um i'm a fan of and i've kind of been thinking about what i want my commander decks to look like in 2023 this new year and i think the the like battle cruisery style like every turn i'm playing cards that don't necessarily just like impact the board with their etb effects or or things like that like i'm kind of wanting the more like assemble the legion vibes where you're like playing cards that people are like oh it's kind of it seems kind of weak and then after a few turns you're like okay now i have a huge army of tokens type of thing exactly. so yeah I, I can appreciate that this deck is kind of like meant for that where you're not like putting out big bombs every turn but instead you're kind of um, I don't know, plotting a little bit more and trying to uh, negotiate with your opponents. 
Yeah, exactly. I was trying to buy some time until I can put myself into a into the most favorable board state. So, okay, so we've talked about how the goals of this deck, like the main one is door to nothingness shenanigans. Um, do you have anything else when you when it comes to like the goals of what you want when you're playing this deck that you'd like to talk about? I love giving combat wins in this deck because it's mm. so improbable. But I've had runs where I'll 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 cast five, maybe six enchantments in a turn with Sharknado out. And nice. then it's just kind of like, all right, kids, I'm going to just pay one red and I'm going to give all of these flying sharks haste <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, and just try to do some, you know, significant damage. But yeah, other than that, it's it, it's the upkeep triggers from the shrines, especially if I can get the Sanctum out and the Sanctum of Stone Fangs. Yeah, with, with those out and the and the doubling from the sanctum, it can get out of hand really, really quick. Shrines are just so much value if you can get a couple of them, and yeah, and it feels good because people don't want to just remove one when it's on its own. But then when you have three or four, they're like, "Uh oh, <laughs> so yeah, we need to do something." And then they gotta decide, okay, well, which one's gonna do the most damage? Like, well, I yeah. mean, this one's gonna do the most damage over five turns. This <laughs> one's the biggest problem right now, you know. So, what do you want to do? Yes, but then your opponents aren't gonna have like generally, probably they won't have like five removal spells that can hit enchantments. No, they so, won't. Yeah, <laughs> I've always liked that about them. Um, yeah, I've, I'm finding a lot of similarities between this deck and my Sagas deck because it's kind of a similar thing where these Sagas are doing terrible things to my opponents, but they're like, oh, it's going to go away in a few turns and like it's they don't really want to remove remove them or they can't because they're enchantments. So, yeah, oh, I, I love that. Yep, absolutely. And then I also run the, the white enchantment where if any of my permanents are targeted, then I get to destroy someone else's permanent. I really love that. Mm, yeah. Okay. That's really good. It's like, leave me alone. I'm just sitting here minding my own business. I'm not bothering anybody. <laughs> <laughs> For now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like I it. <laughs> okay. So my next question for you is, what would you say are the deck's weaknesses? Creatures. Like, yep. aggro, aggro decks, I struggle against aggro decks playing this because if I can't get Propaganda or Spirit Safety or, you know, any of that stuff out early enough, um, I usually end up having to either make deals with the aggro player. Well, you've got some pretty good deals to make. Like, Kenrith is a 5-5, five five, which is, like, a very solid blocker at the very least. Absolutely. But I could see, like, if I'm playing an aggro deck and you said, I'll give all of your creatures haste if you don't attack me with them. I'd Most of the time, I as an aggro deck, like, you want haste at all costs. Like, that's really good. So, yeah, yeah. I would definitely be um, considering that deal. Uh-huh. Absolutely. <laughs> I like it. I also like how um, you've got a few ways to protect against creatures. Like, getting a sphere of safety out is probably just going to halt all attacks your direction, but... Oh my god, it feels so good when you've got yeah. enchantments in play. And... <laughs> yeah, there's no way they're getting through that one. Yep. Um, 
But yeah, so I like how like you acknowledge that as a weakness, but you're okay with it because you have this like um, deck building restriction around not having creatures. So yeah, I think that's really cool. You can't win every game. You just, I mean, it's not even possible like in any realm. So, you know, I, I like to build where like I'll, I'll build to a specific strength and cool. Yeah. I think that's how more people should do their deck building myself included. I think that there are so many legendary creatures that come out lately in every set. I think um, 2022 had like it was over like 300 something 350 legendary creatures or like creatures that could be your commander came out and and I think there are so many options that giving yourself some restrictions like let's build a deck with no creatures in it is an awesome way to kind of get your like deck building creativity going so yeah Absolutely. I like that a lot it, it, yeah it's making me think of um, ideas for fun decks kind of like that so and that's yeah. and that's the goal right like i i just want to be if i can be somebody's primer for the next deck they're gonna build that's mm. that's awesome yeah yeah and I, you kind of have to start from somewhere like i never come up with a deck idea just on my own like staring at a card i'm always like looking at other people's deck lists and like watching videos and stuff and i'll like gather a couple ideas and try to find inspiration so yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we're doing right now. So, yeah, I, I'm into it. The inspiration, I mean, are, I don't think that there's actually any original ideas anymore. <laughs> yeah. I just don't. So if you can get, if you get that little brewing tickle when you're reading, looking at somebody somebody's deck list, or you're watching the stream and you see a, a specific type of synergy, and, and, and that triggers you, or, you know, you're just looking at deck lists on Moxfield and you see, you know, a handful of cards that somebody put together under this particular commander and that just like clicks. It's like, wait a minute, what if I did this, this, and this? And then you just kind of, you just run off with that energy, right? Yeah, that's true. It's, it's reminding me of how I built my, uh, my mono black Evelyn deck Evelyn the Covetous which I, I got the idea from somebody else who made I think it was a mono green Ginny Faye deck but it's those uh, those hybrid cost legends from New Capenna so like technically you can cast Ginny Faye just with three green mana you don't have to use the other Ooh, colors right. so somebody built that and I just thought that was such a cool idea and I was like Ooh, I can, you, like, you can do Evelyn with mono black and so I did it and it, I think it's a really cool idea but like you said it's it wasn't I didn't brilliantly come up with it all on my own I like stole someone else's idea that was kind of adjacent and yeah yeah and I really like that deck it's a ton of fun so shout out to whoever built that Ginny Faye deck originally um I'm not sure who it was but yeah I I love that kind of thing and that's why the community is so awesome is because I feel like everyone who builds commander decks is excited to talk about them and kind of like introduce them to people so um, there's a lot of collaboration there, which I really enjoy. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I, one, one of my most favorite things is just sitting down and playing someone else's deck. Like, not knowing what the deck list is, just, hey, let me play that. And then just trying to figure it out as you go. That's one of my most favorite things. Yeah, I actually, I did that a couple times um, at the MTG Summit. I was just like, 
I don't know, I, I was uh, tired of playing my own decks, and so we'd, like, trade them around a little bit. And, yeah, I agree. That was some of the funnest games that, that I got to play there was with other people's decks, which is kind of funny. Yeah, it's like, it's like the Wild West all over again. Yeah, it's true. Are there any notable cards in this deck that you want to shout out that might fill, like, generic roles of the deck but are a little spicier? I feel like this one has a lot because of <laughs> the shrines and stuff. There's there there's a ton, but like really the sanctum of all, or uh, the chromatic orrery. Uh, mm. Chromatic orrery literally solves like eighty percent of any mana problem you're gonna have in this deck. Mm. So you know if, if if you can if you can see it if you can get it out and if you can keep it out it just lends itself so perfectly. You know you can you can get you can get Kenrith. You can dump whatever mana you have available in blurple it doesn't matter and you yeah. can just you can just run away with it yeah i that's a card that i um i always consider for decks especially um like four or five color decks but then never quite makes it because it's seven mana um but it's perfect in this deck because you're trying to get as much mana as you can so you can shut the door on someone's face exactly like perfect turn one is land soul ring signet perfect turn two is at least two more rocks and you know maybe authority of the consoles or you know something that'll slow my opponents down a little bit but and yeah like i said i've had as much as like 13 to 17 mana on turn three turn four wow yeah that's cool I like it. And then you're just dropping shrines until the time comes. That's... Pretty much. Just, just <laughs> dropping shrines or enchantments until, you know, you can build a decent enough board state and either get the door, win through combat, or just, you know, being political, using Kenrith's abilities, leveraged with other people's, you know, board states. Speaking of leveraging against other people's board states, I feel like this deck would be a good one to fit really well in like any group like if you don't know what to expect you could play this deck and i feel like it would kind of adapt to the to the group yes and that's why i consider this to be my most casual because it 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 really can fit in any mana or any meta you know you can literally you can sit down with this deck anywhere and it's you're gonna do stuff you know you might not win but you're gonna do stuff I like that. And you can kind of interact no matter what's happening. It always feels bad when you're in a game and you, for whatever reason, like can't interact with your opponents too much. But I feel like the stack would never have that as an issue, which is cool. Nope. Uh, unless somebody's running like mass graveyard hate and board wipe repeated. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Makes sense. Cool. Okay. I'm excited for this next question. Do you have any pet cards in the stack that you just can't resist playing? My pet card in this deck is the door to nothingness. Okay, makes sense. It, 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 I, this is this is probably my longest standing deck. I, I haven't made a whole lot of changes to it. You know, just some minor stuff. I did try to go with a full shrine package when Ghost and Tide came out, but I built it and I played it once, and I was like, no. I, that's not what I want to do. It was just way too easy. Mm. Um, so, 
Yeah, definitely. The, the door to nothing. Every time I play this deck, that's my intent. I want to get 10 Wooberg off of shrines and I want to show, I want to close the door in somebody's face. That's, that's what this deck is all about. Everything else that it does is secondary. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of fun because you can kind of generally put decks into two categories like it's either kind of a linear strategy or a more um like variety type of strategy that does a whole bunch of stuff this one is it's kind of both which is fun (laughs) yep (laughs) it absolutely is i like that a lot it's like you have one end goal but you don't know exactly how you're gonna get there like you're just trying to figure it out as you go which is yeah Exactly. One of the, the biggest thing about Commander, my favorite thing about the Commander format is the variance. No yeah. two games are ever no two games are gonna be the same playing, you know, the kind of magic that I play. I like it. As far as that end goal of trying to get door to nothingness out, what do you think is your like MVP of the deck or the card that like gets you there um that you want to see when you're trying to do it? Uh Sanctum of All. Okay. 100%. If I can get the Sanctum, everything else just can kind of fall into place. That makes sense. I think I don't think we had read this one earlier, but it is pretty crucial to any Shrine deck. Uh, will you read it out to us? Sure. Uh, it's So Sanctum of All costs a Uber, uh, Legendary Enchantment Shrine. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may search your library and or graveyard for a shrine card and put it onto the battlefield. If you search your library this way, shuffle it. If an ability of another shrine you control triggers while you control there's six or more shrines, that ability triggers an additional time. So once you hit that six shrine barrier, all your triggers double. And ideally you wanna see like, there's two shrines that you draw cards off of. One of them you draw for the number of shrines you have, and then think the other one is the other one's a different has different wording. Yeah, so Honda Seeing Winds at the beginning of your upkeep draw a shrine for each shrine you control. But then the Sanctum of Calm Waters says at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, you may draw X cards where X is the number of shrines you control. And if you do, discard a card. So the Honda mm. Missing Winds forces you to draw, whereas the Sanctum of Calm Waters allows you to draw, but it has the downside of costing you a card if you do it. I like I like those differences though. Like they each kind of have a risk associated with them. Absolutely. But they're both gonna draw you a ton of cards either way. <laughs> so they both can draw a ton of cards if you can keep them out. Absolutely. I like it. Cool. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I think Sanctum of All is just such a cool card that for for years people were playing the the shrines from the first batch and just kind of uh, making it work with whatever they could. And then this came out, and now it's like uh, even if people destroy like the fact that you can get them from the graveyard is so wild. It kind of pulls it all together. I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Super utility. Cool. Okay. I'm into it. That makes sense. Um, okay, so a story time. What has been your favorite in-game moment that you've had while you were playing this deck? Um, 
so Jen and I were playing with Lewis Stardust, and mm -hmm. I don't remember who the fourth player was, but I had the most obnoxious board state, and I was primed to go into my turn. Everyone was going to lose during my upkeep, and Lua is just screaming at me, Donnie, no! <laughs> <laughs> And and that has stayed with me for, you know, I mean, that that moment right there is like, I knew the deck did exactly what it meant. It was the perfect game. It was the perfect outing, you know, and it was just, yeah, I, I will never forget the look on Lewis face when everyone <laughs> would die during my upkeep and nobody could do a damn thing about it. I love that. that. That's great. Sometimes the best stories from a game of Commander is like an opponent's reaction to what you're doing. Sometimes that can be so satisfying. Absolutely. Yep. I love that. That's so much fun. That That's kind of what I look for when I'm trying to build a deck. Like if I do something cool and somebody else is like, whoa, that was really cool or very scary. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> that's what I wanted. Exactly. I got what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Okay, so as far as this deck goes, if anybody out there, like speaking of being inspired to build decks, um, if anyone out there has been inspired to build a deck similar to this, which could be a lot of things, it could be like a shrine deck or a door to nothingness deck or a creatureless deck or all of the above, um, what advice would you give to those players who um, might be looking to do something like that? All, I'll, all I'm going to say is don't build something that you don't want to play against. That's mm. my that's my biggest thing, you know, because people always ask, well, you know, what about this? What about this? It's like, you know what? Play what you enjoy playing, but don't play what you don't enjoy playing against. Because when you do that, you're giving the people you're playing with the same exact experience you don't want. So it's just kind of like, yeah, you can totally build this deck where it is almost unstoppable. You know, yeah, board wipes are going to get it. Cyclonic Rift exists. You know, those kinds of things are always going to be out there. Those kinds of things are always going to be happen happening. But, you know, just make it fun. Make it interesting. Try to do something different. Like... I get giddy when I do something or I play something and everybody's just like, wait a minute, what is that? What does it do? Where did that come from? Those are the moments that's just like, okay, I now we're like, all of a sudden, now I'm doing something unique. And it might only be in this little tiny fishbowl that it's unique, but it's still unique in that moment in time. And that just feels really, really good. I think that's great advice too. And I've been kind of taking that to the even um, smaller level where uh, when I'm like picking cards to put in a deck I'm like is this just even an individual card that I enjoy seeing when my opponents play it like if I were playing against this card and sometimes it's no I'm like when my opponents play this I'm I like groan a little bit so maybe oh. I shouldn't play it myself <laughs> exactly you know I, I I don't play cards like Aura Shards I don't play cards mm. like Rock I don't play because they're just I, I those cards aren't fun for me <clears throat> if it's fun for you great no problem you do you 
But, yeah. you know, you, you have to keep in mind this is a social game. People aren't going to want to play with people who play on fun cards. Yeah. So, you know, that is that is a, an actual mindset that exists. <laughs> you know, that's why we have rule zero conversations. That's why, you know, I, I say it all the time, not every pot is going to be perfect match. You're going to have mismatches. You're going to have, you know, power variances. You're going to have personality conflicts you know all of those things are are, are going to happen as we continue to play more and more online yeah but but by by you know by having those bad experiences it leverages us into more positive experiences because we know better what to look for we know what you know better questions to ask have the conversation I like that. I'm I'm glad that you brought that up too because that is extra important in this era where like a a lot of games are played, especially of Commander, are played on spell table online. And so it's really important to be good at, at that kind of stuff. Um if I can ask, what kind of questions do you ask when you have guests on to try to see uh, if your decks will work together, if your personalities will work together? What what do you do for that? So what we usually do in the rule zero is we'll say, okay, what what kind of experience is everyone looking for? You know, mm-hmm. what, what, what do you want to play? What are you trying to do? And then we'll kind of flesh that out a little bit. All right. Well, someone could say, well, you know, this is primarily a mill deck, but, you know, it does this, this, or this. And then everybody's like, okay, is everybody cool with mill? And if everybody's cool with mill, then everybody just kind of plays decks that, can appropriately react to, to that kind of meta. It, it, it's not it's not a perfect system, but it's been working really, really well for us. You know, I, I do play commanders like I've got Xander. You know, I've got Lord Xander, mm-hmm. which is the goal of that deck is I'm going to mill cards. I, I want to mill 200, 300. I want to mill 400 cards when I'm playing that deck. But when I bring it out, you know, I let everybody know. Lord Xander's in the command, so it, it's an obvious threat. It needs to be addressed. Yeah, it's going to do something when it hits the board. It's going to do something if it goes to combat, and it will do something when it dies. You know, it's not. It's 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 a very obvious threat, though. So yeah. And then everything else. I mean, basically everything else in that deck is just designed to copy Xander. <laughs> so gotcha. I mean, I've had as many. I've had as many as four copies of Xander out at one time. I've only ever won one game with that deck, and it was a combat win. You know, I've never nice. won on the mill plan because it's too much. It's too big. It, you can't. <laughs> three people are not going to allow you to sit there and mill their library. <laughs> Every combat, nobody's going to let you do that. You yeah. know. So I, I, I didn't build it because I wanted to win with it. I built it because I wanted to play that strategy. Like, I don't care if I win. If I get to cast Xander and I can get one of each of his ability triggers, it doesn't matter what happens the rest of that game. I did what I came to do. I like it. And I think the the kind of key there is, for me, I'm generally willing to play against any, any type of deck uh, at least once. Um, but the important like key to it is being like honest about what your deck is doing. So I loved your description of your Xander deck where you're like, like this, if you get Xander out, it's going to be a problem that you're going to have to deal with. So then your opponents can kind of, 
uh, can understand that at the beginning that they will need to keep an eye on that. Exactly. So, I'm, yeah. I'm not hiding anything. And I think honesty, when it comes to rule zero, honesty is the best policy. Yeah. You, know, you tell people what your combos are, what they should be looking out for. Um, a really great question is, how soon are you trying to go off? Like, when when do we need to be concerned? Like, do we need to be hyper aware at turn four, turn five? You know, sometimes you, you can get a really, really aggressive deck that starts off slow and doesn't really do much for five or six turns. But then turn seven, it's like the fire hose is on and everything's happening. Yeah. You know? So really, those I think those are the really the most important questions. What kind of experience you're looking for? And how soon are you looking to win? Because I think all the other things that happen between those two steps can be sorted out by, you know, what everybody, how everybody wants to kind of react to that game plan. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the, like a normal game of Commander with four people is pretty like self-balancing in that if somebody does something wild, the other there are three other people that can kind of try to take care of it. Exactly. And but but the like experience of the people is very yeah, it's very dependent on like how honest you are with what your deck is doing and what its strategy is and what cards you're playing and yeah, everything we just oh, talked about. So There's there's no reason to be sneaky. I am I would yeah. I would 100% be okay with sending the deck lists that i want to play to everybody in the pod before the game i would yeah. have no clue with that i've done it i've had people request that ah, yeah sure here's a deck list this is what yeah. I'm doing. this is what i'm doing you know we still have the conversation but then you know it's like they have all of the information at that point there's there's you can't sneak anything by them yeah i actually i think that's a really good way to do it because like everyone this is kind of why the power level by numbers system doesn't work because every person has a different idea so of how it works yeah and so i've had times where i'm like uh, going on a new uh, a new stream with new people and they're like oh it's like kind of a medium power level and then they'll send a deck list and it'll have like eight tutors in it and i'm like Okay, yeah. eight tutors says something a little bit different to me, but that doesn't really matter because you sent me your list. I can work with that and find something that is, you know, similar. So yeah, I mean, you've got eight tutors. That just means I'm gonna have to run something that has an equal amount of interaction. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Which is what I did. So I just picked a deck that I thought would match up well with that list, and and it worked out great, and we had a fun time. So yeah, even though. Um, you might describe your deck in like different language than somebody else might. I think, yeah, sending the deck list is a great way to kind of just have everyone take a look at it and, and see what they think. So yeah, yeah. I like that. Well, I, di I didn't really mean to get into a rule zero conversation, but I loved it. Thank you so much. I really, um, I think I agree with everything you said and, um, and it shows on your streams, everything, uh, from what I can see, it looks to be balanced and like everyone's having a good time and, um, is comfortable with their, with what they're doing. So yeah, keep it up. I love it. Well, that's, I mean, that's all we're trying to do. We're, we're, we're just trying to continue to be worthy to the community that has accepted us. Cool. And speaking of, uh, speaking of the community, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me about, um, your clear passion for it and your Kenrith deck. It's been a ton of fun. It's been a great experience, Alec. Uh, it's always a good time hanging out with you, bud.
Yes, I totally agree. Yeah, and I couldn't think of a better way to kick off the year 2023 than with this episode with you, Donnie. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I will have all of the um, links to your stream and your link tree so people can find you and interact with you um, in the episode description. But before we sign off, is there anything you want to kind of like plug or anything you have coming up that you want to shout out? Um, you know what? It's January is going to be really, really weird for us. Our streaming schedule is going to be kind of hit and miss because we've got some travel coming up. Um, mm. But, uh, you know, we're just <laughs> I finished doing the numbers yesterday for last year and we played 388 games. Wow. That we re- that, that we like we recorded the games like not yeah. actual video recording, but, you know, we wrote down. 388 games we played last year so we're looking to to maybe put a dent in that number for 2023 see what we nice do. that's very impressive i i'll have to do the math too because i i believe that i probably played as much commander in 2022 like probably more than i had in like the five years before that just because I, I it was my thing this year. So yeah, I love that that you were able to calculate that. That's a very impressive number of games. Absolutely. Yeah, I I know that um I've seen people do like uh calculations and do some stats on like how many games did the person who played a turn 1 soul ring win or uh kind of things like that. And I bet you could get some really interesting insight with such a <laughs> such a high number of games on your stream so you, you, yeah. you absolutely can and and like we were just talking last night about adding some data points mm. um maybe you know annotating who won and well we already annotate who won but annotating like how they won like what was the last the last play of the game or you know that kind of thing so yeah yeah i find stuff like that really interesting but i would definitely need like an intern to go through all of that and calculate all of it. Lord knows. <laughs> I, I feel exactly the same. <laughs> I love it. Well, it's been an absolute, absolute pleasure, Donnie. I appreciate you coming on and chatting with me for an hour. It's been so much fun. Y'all should, if you haven't already, you should go follow and subscribe to the filthy MTG casuals on Twitch and yeah, check out their, weekend streams it's always a good time and yeah and and if you want to find me i've got links down below as well for the fairy conclave um i also recently have been posting some stuff on tiktok which is a lot of fun i think tiktok is it kind of slaps when it comes to magic creators so yeah definitely go check that out if you want to absolutely i love it cool and yeah besides all that i think that's everything i've got so thank you all for listening and joining today and i will catch you on the next one